You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. Did you come with me in your Bible? I hope you brought your Bible to church. Is this the only one that's in the building? Um, yeah, I can see yeah, Rachel's got a Bible. Fantastic. It's hard to tell if Jono's playing um, Candy Crush or whether he's reading his Bible, but I'm hoping that he's reading his Bible. But if you want to come with me in your Bible this morning, in the short time that we have together, we're going to come to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and the second verse. I love this verse. The prophet Isaiah says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Father, I thank you on this Christmas morning that we get to gather, we get to worship, we get to open your word together. And Father, this morning, I pray that in this place that, God, the stuff that I have to say, my ramblings and different things would fall away, but what you want to say would be said so clearly in this place. Father, I pray that you would speak to every heart what it is that you want to say. Father, like Paul prayed for the Ephesians, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation fall upon this place, that it sweep across this place, that we would know you more. This Christmas, Father, let our eyes and our heart be opened even more to you, who you are and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You've only got to turn on the TV. You've only got to open social media or be online for a matter of seconds to see the pain and the hurt and the anguish across our globe. And the thing is as well that it's not just across the globe in far distant lands like what's happening in Syria and in the Middle East or various things that happen across Europe and so forth. But we can... Look to other parts of our city, the place in which we live in our, our own country, even across the street, even people in this room who are experiencing pain and heartache and darkness. There's so much happening across the world. There's terrorist attacks, there's disease, there's outbreaks, there's hatred, there's discord. And this darkness on the people living in deep darkness, this darkness is a problem that entered our world many, many years ago called sin. This darkness, this plague that ever since it entered the world in the garden, the Garden of Eden many years ago. It's brought decay to humanity. It's brought pain. It's brought heartache. Because sin does that. Sin brings hurt. 
And in that moment, sin entered the world and darkness covered the earth. On a people living in deep darkness, that deep darkness is sin. The deep darkness that we can't see through, that we can't overcome by ourselves. I was only just at home yesterday and we were cleaning up our house. We decided to tell kids, okay, this morning, this afternoon, we're going to Nana's. We're going to be jumping in the pool. We're going to be having a great afternoon. We're going to be doing Christmas over there, all those things. But what we need to do first is we need to clean up our house. I don't know about you, but in my house, the house can look awesome, but five minutes later, it can look like a bomb has gone off. It could look like that it's just been this explosion and every room is messy. You can't even see the floor. You'd be surprised to know we even have a floor some days. But when you have three kids and a wife, our house gets really, 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 really messy. But my wife slaves away and we just sit on the lounge and she cleans it and it looks incredible. And then we met, no. But it can be so messy. And yesterday was one of those days we thought, you know what? Christmas Eve is never a Saturday, ever. So it was just one of those days we were at home. We were like, let's just take the time now. Let's clean the house today. It's going to look like a bomb's hit it again tomorrow anyway. Let's clean it up. Guys, we're just going to work real hard and we're like, okay, we're just in there and getting ourselves organized. All right, kids, let's come out to the playroom. We're going to tidy up the playroom this morning. But I didn't make that mess. I didn't do that. Ethan did that. That mess was, Dad, that was Sienna. Sienna got that out and I had nothing to do with it. It becomes an ownership of mess. I'm not cleaning up. One of the biggest battles that we face in our house is getting people to pack up after themselves. It is a battle that I hope we will one day win. Never. I don't know how many, never, never. Oh, never. Yeah, I thought Josh was pretty messy, Roger. It, you just don't want to take response. I didn't do that. I'm not tidying it up. I don't know how many times I've tried to say, but guys, mum and I tidy up your mess all the time. We tidy up our own mess as well. But you know what? I'm so glad. As I was thinking about this, I said to Beck yesterday, when I heard it and the, and the penny dropped for me, I, sa- I said to Beck, I said, that's exactly what God wants me to talk about tomorrow in church. Because I am so glad. I am so, so glad. I'm so glad. That when God looked at the sin problem and he looked at the mess in our world, when he looked at the heartache, he looked at the pain, he looked at the mess that humanity had made all by itself. He didn't look and say, that's not my problem. You clean it up yourself. I'm so glad that my God, the God that we're praising this morning, the God that there is no other name, what a beautiful name it is that he didn't sit in heaven and go, you guys clean it up. I didn't do it. But our God is so invested in this moment. He loves us so much that he took it upon himself to clean up my mess and your mess. A mess that we could never, ever tidy up all by ourselves. But a mess that only he could clean up. Looking down from heaven, he thought, you know what? I love this people. I love humanity so much that I am not prepared to be in eternity without them. So he sent Jesus. 
Isn't it great that God didn't say, not my problem. But he took it upon himself to clean up our mess and to make a way for us to be reunited with him. I believe with all my heart that Christmas is all about gifts. It really is. Might be controversial. But to me, Christmas is all about gifts because God gave us the greatest gift. He gave us the greatest gift. John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God is the ultimate giver. And we're recipients of that gift that he has given. And at Christmas, yeah, it's about giving gifts to other people and, and different things. Absolutely, there's so many aspects to Christmas. But it ultimately is about gifts. The gift of Jesus that God gave to us. But you see, the moment in time that we're remembering right now where Jesus was born in, in Bethlehem, that wasn't the moment that it all began. It wasn't even nine months prior when Gabriel knocked on Mary's door and said, Hey, you're about to give birth to the Savior. It didn't happen then. But the God that we are talking about this morning, the God that is so massive and so great and so huge and is a star breather, is so intimately acquainted with each one of us. So many people here, I don't know your story. I, I don't know what you're experiencing and what you're going through right now. But know that God does. He knows every intricate detail of your life. And he's not put off by it. He's not put off by the stuff that you hope stays hidden and is never talked about or ever seen. But he loves you with a love that will never, ever end. Never, ever dry up and never, ever, ever run out. This plan that he put in motion didn't even begin in the moment that sin entered the world. But God before all time knew that this would happen, that we would be separated from him and he set in place a plan. I love what Galatians 4 says. Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5, it says, But when the set time had fully come. The Amplified puts that so well. It says, But when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come. You know, sometimes we, we don't understand God's timing. If God loved us so much, why wasn't Jesus there the next day? And it was all sorted out. But God put in place a plan. He put in place a plan that would lead to the redemption of his people. But God in his sovereignty knew exactly how it needed to happen. But when the set time in God's plan had fully come, you know, it's easy for us to question God's timing. 
It's easy for us to, play, to, to question God's ways. But ultimately, we need to rest knowing that his ways are higher than our ways. But this Jesus, this Jesus wasn't what the people of the day expected. It wasn't what the people expected. The Jewish people of the day were expecting a Messiah who would come with military might and force to rescue them and break the Roman, um, the Roman Empire's hold over them, the, the, the tyranny. They expected someone that was going to come in and wage war on their behalf. But what they got was a baby born in a manger. They're expecting to be released from Roman rule. But what they failed to see, and what many of us can fail to see, is he did in fact come to bring freedom. And he did come to break the power of a tyrant. He came to break the power of sin. He came to break the power of darkness and its hold over us. This, he came to redeem. He came to save and redeem that which was lost. They wanted one thing, but here was Jesus. Here was Jesus riding on a donkey, healing the sick. But that's what God sent for us. The fact he didn't attempt to overthrow the Roman occupiers and reclaim Israel's throne may explain in part why he was widely rejected by Jewish authorities. They wished for him to pursue violent military goals, whereas he came instead to usher in the merciful, forgiving rule of God. But this Jesus, he didn't have a perfect royal birth. He was born under the innuendo, either that his mother and father were united out of wedlock, or perhaps his mother had been unfaithful. He wasn't born and laid in some beautiful royal crib, but he was laid in a horse's feeding trough. Beck gave birth to Micah only 10 months ago. And when he was born, I, I can't even imagine laying him in a horse's feeding trough. Melissa, when you give birth to your baby, uh, would you try it and see what it's like? And just, just we'll organize a manger, <laughs> a scungy, dirty one. But it's, it's, we, we read, they go, oh yeah, he was placed in a manger. Have you stopped to think about that for a moment? The king of kings was born. Throughout his whole life was this innuendo that he was an illegitimate child. And when he was born, there was no room at the inn. There was no room at the Crown Plaza. He was born and laid in a horse's feeding trough, but so that he could relate with you and with me. 
I love the second part of that verse in John 3. It says, God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but he sent Jesus into the world to save the world. If he wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But he wanted to send, he wanted to save the world, so he sent a savior. Galatians 4, we keep reading, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. The creative team would like to come. He came to redeem. In Luke 19, Jesus is talking about his encounter with Zacchaeus. And he says, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. At Christmas, we take a moment and we remember that on a people living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And that light is Jesus. That light is Jesus. That God didn't see it as our mess for us to clean up. But he took it upon himself and Christ came looking for you. He's our redeemer. He's our liberating king. And his sole purpose, this baby that was born, was to die for our sin, to pay the price that we could never, ever pay, that we could be reunited with God the Father. Would you mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes this morning? I think it would be a miss to not give people an opportunity to be connected with, reconnected with God this morning. Father, thank you that you are here in our midst. I thank you that you see every person. But God, you don't just see us in the here and now. You, you, you see the deepest, darkest parts of our lives, the parts that only we want to know and keep secret and keep hidden. But Father, it is laid bare before you. Yeah, you are not put off by that. You are not disgusted by us. But you love us with a love that will never, ever end. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never taken the first step on a journey of walking with God, or maybe you've made this decision before, but you've just wandered off the path that was before you. Our God is a redeeming God. And because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, He takes away our sin. He takes away our shame. And it's by simply acknowledging, I can't do this on my own. I can't clean up this mess. Jesus, would you clean it up for me? And if that's you this morning and you want to start on the path of walking with God, would you raise your hand where you are? I'm not going to embarrass you. Maybe you want to start again. You need a fresh start this Christmas. Just in the moments that we have now, 
Father, I thank you for every single person here this morning. Father, I thank you that you love each one with a love that can never be taken away. Father, into every heart. Father, I pray you would increase your presence. Father, over today and the coming days and weeks, Father, I pray that you would continue to work in our hearts. Let your love be shed abroad in our heart that we would know you, know what you've done for us. In Jesus' name.